the best thing that Games Workshop has ever made. The best thing. The best thing is the flash remover. Welcome to Always Strikes Last with your hosts, Jack, Matt, and Miles. Welcome. 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 <laughs> Welcome to Always Strikes Last, a podcast about striking last. And always doing it. <laughs> Consistently. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Miles, and joining me as always is Matt. But uh-huh. joining me now for more in the future is Jack as our new uh, new co-host. I'm also joining Jack as, as well. Matt's also joining. We're we all joining. joining each other. I think it's called a triumvirate. Worked well for the ancient Romans. We'll see okay. how it plays out here. That's but I mean, good. it we're we're also always striking last, so like comes down to priority, right? Because we're all in the same striking, striking. last phase. Yeah, yeah. It's just same same back footed wavelength. It's yes. the way we roll here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot lot seems to have happened since uh since our, our last speaky talky on That's the true. uh on the potty casty. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, let's I, see. Uh, uh Jack, you had a game recently. You want to start off with that? I I will. I will start off with uh some regaling. So I've been uh, trying to have a nice change of pace for my usual heat nights. And I've been trying to do an Ogre Ma Tribes Kragnos army because it seemed very fun to me. And I like the idea of big charges. Sure. Uh, and it was pretty unsuccessful with a couple of false starts just in terms of being able to physically sit down for a game. I'd, I'd actually gone to a tournament to turn right around based upon the home heating emergency. And so there were mm. a lot of sort of, uh, you know, models just teasing me sort of moments. But I finally got a chance to play a game against a mutual friend of ours nice. out here in Boston. And, and uh, we, we both know him. He plays some undeads, uh, Miles. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll call him S uh, for the sake of the podcast. There today. we go. <laughs> but uh, we had a good old game. It was a lot of fun. And I got to kind of, uh, no pun intended, you know, put uh, Kragnos through his paces and sort of trot him out. Nice. Uh, nice. I will say a couple things about Kragnos. One, he is really destructive. And his ability to charge 3d6 and make other things charge 3d6 near him is really good. Uh, don't think the new ward save of six plus made much of a difference, but when he hits things, he really hits them like a ton of bricks and it is extremely gratifying to finally have one of those models on the table that does the hitting, you know, like, I feel like it's, he's the Walter white. He's the one who knocks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, you want to so- take us through like some of the highlights? Absolutely. Absolutely. So awesome. the, the thing about this particular army uh, is the plan, well, there's some finesse, is generally charge things. So it's, it's not exactly the subtlest, subtlest instrument out there. Um, but uh, our friend S had taken Radicar. He'd taken like a vampire lord on foot. He had oh, a man, whole Radicar. ton of skellies and zombies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy so, shows up a lot, you know? You know, son? He gets around, you know, for a dude who is in two forms in the past and present from one cursed city. He's literally a staple. You know, I, I think they must go to the same conventions we do. 
I mean, it's got to be the running and the charging, you know, (laughs) like being able to run and charge. He's going to be hoofing it everywhere. Absolutely. Those mortal wound outputs, you know, don't come easy (laughs) in soul blight. So you got to get them, but you know, like there's this, there's basically this tar pit of all these dudes. There's a, there's a corpse card and, and S arranges them out in front of us, you know, uh, mm-hmm. well, we can use his name. His name is Sean. I don't think he's too identified by that. Uh, and they're all ready <laughs> to receive the charge. And I did the tactically smooth brain thing of going first because Craig knows charge things. Yeah. I wanted to see yeah. how it did. Yeah. So I fell on his trap, or did he fall into mine? I managed to get uh, eight Iron Guts and Kragnos right in the middle. Uh, and we were playing uh, the mission where only characters can control objectives. And so oh. I, yeah, dropped the Hunter in one of the other ones. I dropped the uh, the Tyrant on the other piece. And I just kind of clogged in the center of the board while, you know, I was, I was getting objective dominance. Well, the highlight from there is Kragnos and, you know, the Iron Guts literally taking a couple of turns is fighting through this mass of things in the middle. And at one point, uh, Radicar making the not great decision to actually charge Kragnos, which was what Kragnos wanted. Kragnos turned around and he made uh, Radicar more dead than undead for a little bit of time. Uh, <laughs> and it was sort of seemed like every time they do chip damage to him, he'd yell a bit. And so I kept doing chip damage with mortal wounds to things nearby. And it actually was the the wound that finished off the corpse cart, which made it a lot easier to get through the rest of it without that minus one to, oh, to yeah. wound. Yeah. There, there's some other things, you know, there was a, there was a showdown between the, uh, you know, the, uh, Vangorian Lord and the tyrant where, you know, the, the tyrant almost had him, but for like one of those, uh, stomps who's just got him on his last wound and oh, man. You know, a couple of their epic moments, but ended up squeaking that one out and kind of, uh, proving out the concept that ogres charging with 3d6 is pretty scary. Uh, when it goes off, I, I feel like ogre tyrants are like, uh, they're like Sir Robin from Monty Python. They very nearly killed, you know, uh, a Vangorian Lord. He very nearly slew a bloodthirster and he personally wet himself <laughs> at the battle of whatever. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. I mean, like he's sort of like the understudy to the pirate King. I mean, he has a pair of pistols, but don't do that much damage. He has like a mace and kind of a jaunty attitude and can, can get some stuff done, but he's not really going toe to toe with other real combat characters as effectively as you think he might. Yeah, at least most of the time. <laughs> and and yet he does come surprisingly like he comes close a lot of the time, you know? So like not yeah. to give him too much uh too much junk there or crap there. It's, yeah. he's definitely it's, it's true. He's scary enough that you want to make sure that whatever you charge into him is going to wipe him out right away. Right? Yeah, because he can do some damage with his Thunder Mace. It has some mortal wound potential. It does do three damage if it connects, and you know the red minus two is enough. But he just doesn't have that volume of attacks to to look at him and say, "Oh yeah, he's the real threat. He's definitely got to do it." Yeah, uh, you know, most of the time. Uh, actually, in this particular game, I didn't get a chance to use the the real star moment of this particular list for the tyrant, which is the fact I gave him that artifact. Uh, I think it's called you know Big Gut Plate or something. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a tactical okay. term, which uh, allows him to be treated as a monster if he charges you and does the ogre impact hits. And in the ogre book, that's doing mortal wounds in a four up for every nice. you know point of your charge roll, not a six up, you know, which most of the stuff is. So he's just a you know single character, but he runs in there and all of a sudden you know roll a whole bunch of uh, dice looking for mortals on you. And if I do it with the Kragnos thing and do three d six, this guy can just be nice. a, a one man wrecking machine. I think I'd play the Miley Cyrus song if he gets off like a 14 plus inch chart. There we go. He's got to keep that 
keep that close, you know, always have it ready to play. Just yeah, like, just uh, get one of those strains. like programmable staples buttons, you know, that just has the chorus of wrecking ball and just like bring it with you to every game just in case. I think people would like that. I came in like a wrecking ball, the ghostly strains, maybe coming from the miniature, like a little speaker in the bass. All right. There we go. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> Pull on noise Marine on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was the, that was the legendary first game with these guys uh, actually bringing them to a small tournament tomorrow. So we'll see if uh, that works nice. in practice. Nice. Well, we're all, we're all hoping your heating unit uh, is doing well. And you know, feeling feeling strong and capable Focus on the mend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as, as am I. I mean, if it happens again or anything equivalent tomorrow, I'm going to just assume there's a curse involved. There you go. Could be a curse. That's know. fair. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Miles, I heard you uh, you got in you got in with uh, Philip, and he's now trying out uh, Archeon now that yeah, so he's Archeon glory days. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a post Archeon world out there, um, post post Archeon probably. It's a post. I don't know. I don't really understand how that works. Um, um, Archeon girl. Uh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So Phillips uh, giving him a shot. Um, and it's it's very similar. It's a very similar recipe to what he was doing before. Um, essentially, just you know stacking. Plus one to save um, on really tanky, durable things uh, in the Slaves to Darkness list with a combination of um, the Zinch Prayer from the War Shrine, Oracular Visions, Mystic Shield, and All Out Defense for four different sources of uh, plus one to save. Uh, so you can quickly get uh, an Archeon or, say, a Varen Guard to, you know, a one up save, uh, re rolling ones because they're all Markham Zinch. Yeah, which is super gross the first yeah. time it hits you. Um, so yeah, so his list had uh, had Archeon, it had three Varengard, it had a couple units of Marauders and some Marauder Horsemen, uh, and a Chaos Lord and a and a Chaos Sorcerer Lord. So it's pretty bare bones, you know, trying to use the Marauders to sort of get some of that board presence back from the fact that he invested eight hundred points in one model, yeah, or nearly nine hundred. Um, so that was pretty good and, and definitely scary, uh, you know, because that combo works really well. Um, and then I was trying out um, this KO list that I've been working on for a little bit, which is basically the same as my old KO list. But uh, so it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a smattering of heroes uh, with the Warp Lightning Vortex, an Ironclad and a Frigate, uh, two units of uh, Battle Line. Arcanaut Company and 10 Thunderers. And then uh, on this week's episode, um, they were allied in with uh, two of those new Stormcast Chariots. Oh, yeah. Those things are pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. So they seem like a fun um, a fun Stormcast unit that uh, really fills a niche that the KO, ha or that the KO need, which is uh, something chunky that's on the board that moves fast and can keep up with the rest of the army. And is notably a source of mortal wounds and Ren minus two. And a lot of mortal wounds, by the way. Yeah. I just have this mental vision of how they would deploy those things in the battlefield. You know, just the enemy army, the Chaos Warrior with his like, you know, probably like extended eye telescope looking out, you know, as they make landing and it's this this whole like line of ships and just they 
the, the cargo bay opens and the chair is just like a drop full tilt. Oh yeah. yeah. The presence, so. <laughs> I was thinking the chariots were just, they were just like wandering along the ground. Right. And they like, the chaos guys are like, Oh, there's just two chariots. What? And then like down from the, from the sky comes the rest of the ships, you know, people repelling down from the boats and that kind of stuff. It's Those funny too. Well, like this is your, is this your second try with that list? Cause you and I had a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was my second, my second so, go with this list. So like, so the, it's still just a coincidence to the dwarves. The third time that it happens, the dwarves are going to be like, Hmm, what's going on here? Yeah. What's up Who with all these, these chariots? Why, why do they keep showing up? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was a good game. We played actually at the uh, very recently opened uh, Waystone Wargaming Speakeasy in Ballard, mm. uh, which is run by local community uh, and overall uh, buff guy, um, Stefan. <laughs> uh yeah he's he's uh great he's got his own youtube channel i don't remember what it's called so this is a bad shout out but you know uh You're someday we'll there. get him a good shout out yeah halfway <laughs> uh something about war uh gray knights i don't remember it, it's great <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so he he started this uh wargaming speakeasy which is like uh kind of what you'd expect it's it's uh a couple of really nicely uh made um wargaming tables a collection of um uh you know well put together terrain uh all in sort of a refined uh you know uh ambiance you know leather chair kind of atmosphere and now you're spoiled. Um, yeah. Can't go back to playing in people's basements. That's yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. Good so that cocktails. was fun. Uh, yeah. So place. they've got uh, they've got beer and, and wine, and they've been making some interesting wine-based cocktails. Apparently, they're working on uh, a liquor license, but there's, like, weird rules about that. Yeah, they can well, either be an old folks' home or crazy. they can be uh, a nightclub. In order to get the liquor, you know, like, <laughs> there's yeah. like some weird, you know, <laughs> both of which have elements of an Age of Sigmar community club. <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. Very much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they don't really qualify for either, is my understanding. So they're they're trying to figure out what to do from there. But the uh, wine-based cocktails were fun, and the selection of beer is great. Um, so anyway, um, playing Philip and, um. We both kind of deploy in the corners, right? I think he's a little bit uh, intimidated by the volume of shooting that I have, and I don't want to get charged turn one. So we basically deploy in opposite corners. It's a classic, you know, uh, coming out of the ring. You know, like we're as far away from each other as we possibly can get. Mm -hmm. Uh, he takes the first turn, gets all of his buffs up, moves some stuff into the middle of the board, and then I'm running around trying to, you know, basically shoot all the marauders and also try and take out um, all of his little support heroes. Right? Um, and it, I should say this is the Veins of Gur mission, so this is like the the Sorcery. objective right the objectives don't turn up until later in the game so that first turn or two is like really weird compared to other because it's like there's a very low cap on what i'm gonna score this first turn yeah. you know and i don't know where i'm gonna need to be so i'm kind of hedging my bets on positioning on well, setting up to not get charged right right um 
so yeah, so I was able to do that. Um, I might have double turned him into two, but um, you know, it wasn't like a huge like when he still had all of his buffs up. And this is the point that I wanted to make about this game was uh, more than once I unloaded forty, you know, shots into a unit of Varengard or Archeon or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Ren minus one just doesn't do anything. You know, uh, it, uh, in against that list, yeah, totally. Right, it's just a two-up rerollable. Uh, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, <laughs> he's just shrugging forty shots at a time, um, and it's uh, you know a little bit disheartening. Uh, fortunately, I was able to get in with those chariots, right, and they actually um, did a good job. The um, so they were able to put some uh, critical mortal wounds on the Varen guard, which got them down to a. Uh, um, a point where it wasn't worth buffing them, right? When there's just the one guy left. And so then I was able to sort of chew that out. Um, I don't think I did a wound to Archeon all game. Really? Yep. Um, wow. I, uh, yeah, it was, it was a game of, I, I, I had the navigator stopping him from moving. You know, I used him. He's a, he was my, he's a skeptic, right? So he's plus one to cast an unbind and he can use his gold to reroll an unbind attempt. So, um, I was using that to like really shut down any attempts to teleport and basically keep Archeon in the back corner the entire game. That's a huge victory in and of itself. Right. I was about to say, like, I I have no idea how I'd be able to pull that off. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so that was, and uh, really, that—that's what won the game, was you know making sure like Archeon didn't do much for four turns. That's that's you pretty know? rad. Um, and that's really what you have to do, I guess, against Archeon in that in that scenario. Uh, but it would have been a very different game had Philip, you know, realized his uh, save superiority and just sort of trotted Archeon out into the middle of the board early on, before I had anything I could do about it. Well, he, uh, that's a, I've gone up against that list too. So, um, if I remember correctly, was that a one drop or a two drop? I think it was a two drop. I think it, it might be a one, but it does, it's, it's close. Either way he was getting priority and he had the, uh, yep. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like a definite learning experience for him. Yeah. And that's, that's good. I think that's very good. There is, I'm, I am sure there's a skill to getting the most out of a big model like Archeon. Jack, I'm sure there's a same similar skill to getting the most out of Kragnos. You know, oh, I sort of, think that must be the case. You know, um, and, you know, your uh, your win or loss in that scenario is really, did you get enough out of him? Yeah. I mean, when you're spending that many amounts, well, well we, <laughs> when you're giving up that much of, like, inherent board control for mm-hmm. one unit, right? Like I think that that uh, that kind of defines like how you have to play for the rest of you know for any of your games, yeah. right? You know, so, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I, I think that it's almost like playing with a clock. You know, that model has a timer to get his points back or to have enough of a you know, projected impact mm-hmm. that he's worth better than having like sixty dudes sitting around screening and taking objectives and doing chip damage in five places at once. Right. Yeah. So it goes for Arkan, goes for Kragnos, for really any of these guys, I think. So I am uh, I have no doubt that uh Philip will soon be an absolute terror. Uh, yeah. once he's you know gotten a few more under his belt and then really understands um you know the the settled nature of how to how to maximize the effectiveness of, of a single big model. 
Well, and it's it's funny because I think um, I got a I got his first two games with that list, mm-hmm. and like the first game was um, first game was definite. Like, oh, this is new. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and uh, playing on that, um, and uh, he was going up against the new Beast of Chaos rules, which meant like the Ooh. the one plus saves didn't mean shit to me on turn three. Sure. Um, so I was just, it, I, I was able to pull the exact opposite strategy that you pulled. Okay. And like, just be like, come and hit me, kill that one unit. I've got 400 more that are coming up and they're going <laughs> to eat you alive. Um, which was, it was very cathartic to be able to do that to Arcan, There's not been a single game before those new rules, new rules drop that I've been able to kill Archeon with Beast of Chaos and like, um, win the game as well. So, uh, you know, Matt, it, it almost sounds like you're saying the new Beast of Chaos update had a positive effect on your army. Oh, they're, they're, <laughs> but they're broken. They're broken now. They're broken now. I can't play them. Are they broken now? Uh, I think at the hands of the right player, they're going to be disturbingly good. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up going to a, uh, a small tournament up in Hakwam. Hakwam? Joaquin. Joaquin. Um, oh, he was good in the Joker. Quinoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, it was a really small tournament. Um, okay. There was another one that uh, was going on at that point in time. So we got a really awesome little low turnout brought out kind of my shits and giggles beast chaos list. Cause right now I'm sculpting up a Shagoth to do my mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. 18 yeah, dragon ogre list. Yeah. And I won't shut up about it on the discord. It's nope. amazing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good tournament. Uh, we got, well, I uh, went up there with kind of one of our local boogeymen or our emerging local boogeyman, uh-huh. uh Mason, uh, okay. who brought a Seraphon army that was nice. pretty damn good. Uh, even if it was another shits and giggles list, he's just a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting him on round two and completely dropped the ball, which was kind of funny. So I've been testing Dark Walkers just because uh, if we have... Ren now, who cares about doing Gave Spawn for extra damage, right? You just have, you have a ton of stuff. You can summon stuff anyways. So, okay. The the great thing about Dark Walkers for anybody who doesn't know is that it allows uh, any of your um, I guess main not sub-allegiances but like sub sub-races, I mm-hmm. guess. So like Dragon Ogres, which is Thunderscorn, um, or any of the War Herds, so Gorgons or um, Doombulls, mm-hmm. or um, just the the regular the regular bulls, not the Doomy ones, but the regular bulls, the Bull Gores, the Bull Gores, the Gores um, and Bull. Hmm. Any of those can use the uh, the ambushing uh, ability that the Bray Herd normally only get to use, uh, okay. and they have a teleporting ability, which brings them up off the board. Or brings a unit uh, up off the board and then uh, places it down nine inches away from your opponent in your neck at the end of your next movement phase. Essentially, okay. like 
giving you a way for like cheating, you know, slay the warlord um, if you know it's going to happen, right? Stuff like that. And I figured sure. that has a lot of utility. Um, and so in the face of Lizardmen, I uh, decided to forget everything that I didn't know about how to play my army and went, oh shit, it's Lizardmen. I'm going to hide. And uh, just let Lizardmen do what they did and uh, ambushed in piecemeal and got shot off the table piece by piece. Mm. Conveniently uh, sliced up little pieces. Uh, so that... Yeah, it sounds like Mason got in your head there, man. He does that. Uh, Lizardmen. <laughs> Lizardmen. Lizardmen got in your head. It's not Mason. It's the Lizardmen. It's the Lizardmen. Sure. <laughs> um, the... Uh, the the last time I fought a list like that, and it was uh, skinks. Uh, it's the standard one going around right now. Two skink priests, a uh, slon. Mm-hmm. They all sit in the building. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Stegodons and Bastilodons. You know, to fill in the blanks. Yeah. And um, and actually, he brought chameleon skinks in to uh, to basically capture territory because nice. him and I actually ended up having the same grand strategy, which we figured out this is the only grand strategy where if you both take it, you can actually cancel somebody else's out. If you win it, uh, ours was the, oh, the uh, hold the, hold the terrain. Yep. And nice. so he ended up holding all the terrain and then, um, then winning the game and, uh that it was hilarious that the only that is the only time i've ever seen anybody bring it and that was the first time i actually brought it and used it mm-hmm. and another learning experience but uh outside of that um you know the uh i won the other two games the the last one against james love was pretty amazing he brought the full uh what is it 30 sisters. Oh my God. Uh, shooting list. Um, yeah. Two fifteens. I think right. I played him with that, uh, in the, uh, or something similar in the, in the GT. 30 in, sisters list. We talking daughters of Cain. Is that daughters, daughters of Cain. Daughters of Cain. Oh, snake ladies. Right? Yep. Snake ladies. And, uh, the, the, the game was probably one of the more ridiculous games I've ever played. By the end of turn two, we were both on the opposite side of the starting, you know, edge of the board. He had teleported all over to all the way over to my uh, area. Marathi killed the herdstone in like bottom of turn two. Oh man, and that's right when you so, need to get, it, get rid of it too. I mean, it's daughters of Cain. It's like they i don't need rent for them it just goes straight through anyways (laughs) so i was like yeah let them do that and we'll figure out you know let's let's learn how to play beasts on hard mode which is coincidentally the same way they were played before so it was like okay cool i'm just playing like i normally do um but that was the most that was the most fun ridiculous game i think i've played in a long time of just Everything going insanely strangely and flipping on each side of the board at least at least once. Um, That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, but both both very good. Uh, Oh, and the original player had or the first the first guy I played against had a cruel voice. Um, Nice shooting heavy list and like 
when when I have dragon ogres that can make it across the board in one turn, like there's not really much I think that cruel boys can do other than sit there and hope I charge them. And so if I'm not charging them, they're not getting their extra shooting. So I, I, it's a good player, very you know, good, very good game. But Matt, like, cool you, you said that, weird. and it did make sense in my head. But it feels like such a Zap Brannigan strategy. What you know, like if we if we don't charge them, then they can't shoot at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you, you know, got me right. I said wave after wave of my own men. <laughs> Oh man! Which, uh, by the way, Futurama is coming back. So sweet! That'll be awesome. I'm excited I heard for that. There was some uh, question as to whether uh, the original voice of Bender was going to join them, but it sounds like he is. Yeah, Dimashio so. is coming back. So that's and pretty exciting. It's kind of funny because he he voiced like so many other people on that show. So I don't know how okay. they've gotten away with it. I think he uh, was uh, fighting for his contract and trying to make sure he got himself a good deal. And glad I he mean, got good it. for him. I um, mean, it's. You know. One of the best animated shows ever made. Damn right. Better get that contract. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so uh, Turner was great. Uh, It's always a lot of fun, like, being able to kind of not show up and feel like you're, well, well, not entirely, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Show up with a list that's kind of, like, you know, you wouldn't want to be taking it to, you know, like a GT or something like that if you were trying to win three and two right so um so that was a lot of fun um and beasts are pretty nasty they surprise a lot of people with all that rend and i'm just i'm i'm waiting for the it's next like people didn't read the white dwarfs yeah it's crazy <laughs> well you know i i love that new kind of fundamental like oppression they have where I go, don't go in the woods. It's scary because all these griblies are all of a sudden going to get through your human armor. It's going to rust away and leave you exposed because, uh, that, that civilized stuff, those interlocking metal plates, you know, that's Mm. the best thing in, in age of Sigma right now for protecting you right outside of ward saves or, you know, pains, I should say, you know, there's, I, there's nothing better. I love that. It's completely anti-meta like the, Mm -hmm that the the beasts of chaos have now become the complete anti-meta and they're still super hard to play like yeah there there's still a hard army i think if you're going to play them outside of like i don't know one or two netless that kind of play themselves like almost every army has that but if you're trying to do something uh different yeah they're a hard mm-hmm. army still so it's kind of nice to see them get get a little bit crazier Nice. I feel like the best spot you can be in with an army is to be uh, an underdog, both in the meta and in sort of people's minds, um, and but also have a built-in counter-meta strategy that your army is just good at. I feel like that is like it doesn't come up that often, but when it does, it's like, oh man, this is this makes my day. Yeah, and like that's just the best. I, I think I, that's I the love... striking last. Uh, the, it's the striking last way. <laughs> it is the way. <laughs> this Our is deep, deep embedded philosophy. <laughs> this is this is what we do. Um, and it's it's funny to see some armies be that because those are the ones that you're always like you're sitting down, you're waiting for your next pairing, right? Let's say you're getting lunch, right mm-hmm. after your first or second game, depending on where you're at. And you you're waiting for the lineup and everybody's sitting around talking and it's like, oh man, I know I'm probably gonna get 
this person, this person, or this person, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them's like Night Haunt or older BCR or something. You're like, God, I really don't want to play them, you know. And it's <laughs> and they're not necessarily like an army that you're gonna expect to five and zero or even like go halfway there outside of like yeah. a few select players, right? But like, they're still just an overwhelmingly like, oh God, this is gonna like fuck everything up. <laughs> just because they've got the, this army the, the scissors they've got the mongoose to my snake or yeah the snake to my mongoose as i don't know that that's actually a great lead into a potentially interesting vignette does everybody here for the benefit of the audience have like a you know like a nemesis army something like that it doesn't have to be like you know 15 dragons coming off of the hot new stormcast but i just mean like the thing you always somehow end up getting matched up against, and it is the one you dread like that. You know, what is what is that army for you? Oh, Matt? sure. What's that army for you, Miles? Yeah. I know I can think one. of one off the top of my head. Uh, whenever I'm playing Giants, it's the other Giant. It's the mirror match. <laughs> it's um, the mirror I've match. I've never won a single one of those. Uh, you know, I do pretty well with the Giants, I think, but I've never won a single mirror match. And uh, I'm not about to start anytime soon. So, <laughs> so that if you really want to beat me in a tournament, that's the way to do it. <laughs> I, I feel for you in that one, Miles, because not only do you have like the psychological pressure of the mirror match, and now the fat has gotten in your head, is essentially yeah. like rock 'em, sock 'em robots, but which each one costs hundreds of dollars. At that yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Jack? You know, I think it's a tie. Um, there's the one which always seems to get my goat, no pun intended, for your your future Ew. stories, uh, which is Ideneth. Somehow it just always seems to get me no matter what I do, even though I think I have pretty good plans in those matchups. Um, and then the one which tends to work out better, but I, I never look forward to the game, even though I end up having a great time with my opponents generally, is Nighthaunt. Just something about like 50 million specters everywhere. I can't rend them. And they just have to roll like a 10 and the day is like half over because of nightmare charges. You know, that's, that's just sort of oppressive to me, even though it has worked out thus far pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Night, night haunt. Like it's interesting because night haunt have the capability to like, just completely run over you, but it's dependent on a roll of nine or more. And like, right. And they just have annoying things too. Right. If you're a combat based army, they're hell to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a shooting based army, they're also hell to get through. I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess Lady O has got an update, but like I remember just go rolling up to tournaments years ago with just three long strikes and being like, okay, bye, Lady O, after what, two sure. rounds or something? Sure. Um, and having like picked them up to like challenge myself to play them, they're, they're a super challenging army to play because. Every hero is squishy. So for me, I have two weird ones. Well, not two weird ones. The the one that still gets me is a techless. Any techless based army is always going to be the bane of of my army. That's fair. Oh. Um, that's always one that I'm like, I don't I don't care if like the person who is playing them is like my favorite person in the world. Um, I'm still going to give them shit for bringing techless. <laughs> like it's just, it's techless. Techless is in your head. Oh, I was just going to say that. I mean, I'm not really sure. This is oh, for, for the record, the techless ever really shows up on those battlefields. There's a wizard there, but I'm pretty sure it's just a sock puppet that Selenar is holding. Yeah, no, that makes total <laughs> sense. 
the the second one actually is corn corn is the one that can pull some of the most tricks still from any books like um just being able to deny one spell exactly when like they need mm. to or uh oh what's his name i always want to say angron but it's the other scarbrand? one scarbrand 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 will mess up anybody's right? day how do you feel about 32 mortal wounds yeah <laughs> how do you feel about doing it a second time yeah <laughs> yep and oh continue man <laughs> uh it's just it's an army that like they're they're another one of those armies i guess like night haunt or beasts or like um again going back to bcr or even idaneth because idaneth will will go in and out of popularity but people who really really love playing idaneth previously had to get really good with the army and so like you're you're you get this army where somebody has to like have an extreme knowledge of how to play it in all situations because they're an underdog army and it's got a lot of a tool it's got a massive toolkit that you can't really prepare for in a lot of situations so yeah it's got to be those two corn that's and, interesting corn and techless because corn can outfight me any day you know, I, I thought when you mentioned corn that you were going to say the exploding axes, bloodthirsters, because it feels like there's some thematic similarities there with techless. You know, they just like do a giant aura spell which damages everything and messes up MSU low leadership and it'll wash their hands of it in two seconds. And it's kind of the same when the, the big axes go off and like eradicate everything nearby. <laughs> yeah. But then they're still there and they're fighting you, whatever's left, right? Even better. <laughs> and, and like, it's almost like, because if you wanted to lump that area effect in, like obviously Seraphon should be in that, right? But I'm never afraid of Seraphon because I fundamentally just don't understand the army. I just know I'm gonna get <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's like I know I'm gonna get tabled. Let's have some fun while it's going to happen. Cause because it's Seraphon. I don't understand this. Here's 400 buffs <laughs> for one unit. Here I you think go. <laughs> a lot of people have that same experience with Seraphon. I don't, I don't think I'm in a different boat. I know that whenever I play them, just because of the, maybe the age of the book or whatever the writing style was, things just seem like fundamentally off in some weird way. You know, I feel like I've started off in like the age of Sigmar universe and I've popped into some cell shaded color version of it, you know, where I'm a cartoon because yeah. the skinks just wave their wands and get like all these powers and buffs, you know, and then Stegodons are running around with, you know, shots and their giant bows that belong on a master archer, you know, out of legend, you know, and they're just <laughs> coming out of the factory. And I'm like, what's going on here? Hope I can pull something off and always great games. But I feel like the age of the book always puts me in, on the offbeat. <laughs> yeah. It's not that old at this point, but yeah, it's, it's even the newest, the newer book, it t- pulled so many ideas from that a- original ancient book. That's what I guess I'm thinking of. Yeah, because yeah. you're right. They had an update. They have the piece of terrain of the giant temple and all that. It's not like it's, you know, but it's some it, a lot of their core ideas are still in there, you know, like the stuff that they were doing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's all still there. Um, I will say one more just to just to, uh, it, that I always uh, dread going up against is any of those. And this kind of goes along with the techless, uh, but any of those sort of uh, massive uh, shutdown uh, board control lists. Do you mean like a Bellicor? Like yeah, like a Bellicor or or yeah, Legion of the First Prince. Um, I think Corn can get at this a little way. In a, in a, there's angles for Corn to do it. There's angles for Zinch to do it. Um, you know, obviously uh, we talked about Teclas, but like yeah, Bellicor, 
just stopping something in its tracks. Uh, the Slaves of Darkness Demon Prince with the Mark of Corn, just making charges all but impossible. Kairos being a huge douche with two heads. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I've I've won against it. I've lost against it, right? Like, uh, but it's always just like, God, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like a, I, I feel like, and I, I feel like this this conversation will <laughs> will always pop up as long as like Legion of the First Prince is kind of like ascendant in the local meta at least. Sure. But like it's it's those specific armies just kind of pull you out of playing the game and say, "Here, sit here. You're not going to do anything, and yeah. I'm just going to move up the table." Which it's totally understandable. Like so true. I guess you have a version of that too with your Shagas and your uh your, yeah, that one spell they have. But yeah, it's <laughs> Oh, Hailstorm? Mm-hmm. Uh, not worth it to me. I'd much rather have Ren and Healing and not think about it. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm basing all my stuff on a spell, then uh I'm gonna be miscasting every time I roll that spell. <laughs> Sort of funny, uh, one quick aside on our friend, the Bellacor Dark Master, uh, took a peek at the lists. They're apparently going to be there for that little mini porn tomorrow. We're talking like a very small local fun one. Mm-hmm. And someone has a Bellacor in there just doing their Slaves to Darkness. And it's nice. calling right now. He's going to get Kragnos. And it's going to be like <laughs> one whole turn lost, at least. <laughs> Well, here's yeah. the question: Is is our fancy new battle scroll update going to be in play next uh, tomorrow for you? Well, you know, that's a pretty open question. I'm going to say that this is probably going to be a lot of fun, like pretty small and cozy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Literally going to go there with the baby and hang out for an hour, and then give her to mom before we okay. start playing the games. But I think it's like six or eight people or something like that. And, okay. And given the fact that the website and the posting in Battlescribe and the other forum on you know Facebook all said different times. I'm not sure they will have a strong uniform stance on this. <laughs> <laughs> those those nice. are fun tournaments. That's that's exactly like the 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 one up in uh, Joaquin. There we go. Um, that that we went to those. That's where you get to like experiment, right? That's exactly. where you get to have that's, all the fun. And that's why I'm just looking forward to this list. I mean, obviously, I'm testing out the concept, but it's it's all theme. Uh, you know, for those of you uh, listening who can't see this, not that I'm displaying it right now, but just for the benefit of your imagination, running rampant, <laughs> I decided Kragnos didn't make too much sense as a god of destruction, especially the Ogre Horde. So really, my Kragnos is his brother, Kragnos, which is an ogre-headed version of the same centaur. Pure awesomeness. Nice. <laughs> he looks yeah. like the biggest dragon ogre ever. Even bigger exactly. than, uh, what is it, Kolath? Kolath? Kolath. Oh, yeah. Sun yeah the, the Sun the Eater. Centigor. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. He looks really good, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, got a little bit contrast paint happy yesterday, and I uh, managed to get quite a bit of pro- progress done on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So nice. speaking of the those updates, though, um, what are you guys' thoughts? So many well, thoughts. Yeah, well, it's really interesting, right? So there's like a couple. <laughs> like Expand. so, first off, first off, we've got we have the new GHB coming in three to to four months. In right? theory, in it theory. hasn't been announced. It's yeah. happening so soon, right? So 
this these rules as they exist have a very short lifespan ahead of them. Maybe, right? probably. Maybe. You know, or like, or you know, they'll be you know this prime target thing will carry on to the new GHB and it will be you know renewed when that happens. You know, but it either gets smushed by the GHB or it gets you know doubled down on. Mm-hmm. I hope refined is the word that they choose, but I know it's going to be a fucking sledgehammer that they come in with. So, <laughs> I mean, no, knowing GHB updates, you know, in the past, and not to give them too little credit because this last one was great, mm-hmm. but if they do some fundamental shift, you know, maybe we're in the realm of life or whatever, it could be that all the stuff which is great isn't so great anymore, and they forget to update this, you know, this battle scroll. Right. Now some things are really getting punished. You know, well, so we'll and- see. And on that on that uh, on that side, right? Like, so some of the prime hunters that are called out, right? The night haunt, uh, yeah, the night haunt specifically, right? Aren't they the next one of the next books coming out? It's oh, but they built in a direction for that. Oh, they right. Did? So, so this thing uh, becomes null and void as soon as that book drops. Uh, same with uh, Marathi Kane being a um, priority target will go away. Once the Daughters of Cain book drops. Hard this, to believe it's been a year since the last Daughters of Cain book. I know. <laughs> I know, which I went and bought. So now I'll have three Daughters of Cain books all purchased within the span of a year. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah. So I, I I like the idea of the update. Um I think it it brings some armies into relevance, especially with like what we're seeing. Um, I don't know how it how it's going on the East Coast out there, but like for a good solid what two or three tournaments, it's mm-hmm. just been long strikes everywhere. Long strikes, fulminators, dragons, uh, storm drake guard. Yeah, you know the the three the first three things on this uh, new priority targets list. <laughs> yeah, new? it's. It's been similar. I mean, a lot of the top finishing lists, you know, oh, surprise, surprise, the cookie cutter to the Kevin Gregor list or, or you know, something similar to, you know, some composition of these things from, you know, Stormcast or whatnot. It's, it's, it's been a consistent, like, power move. And, you know, a lot of times you sit up there across the table and say, yep, I have a real uphill battle just from the get-go. If you're looking at six dragons or something and you don't have the right tool set for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it's probably a welcome a welcome addition to the game right now to sort of at least give the folks bringing those lists some pause or to punish Mm -hmm. them. If they just try to push them forward and expect, you know, a bunch of easy wins, they're going to a tournament with maybe an unrealist expectation of this four and one and five and owing because of what they've put together from like uh, the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's specifically, I think it, it hits the storm Drake guard probably more than the other two. Uh, because their role in the army is to go forth and die, right? In a lot of ways, and you know, obviously, I'm sure players who are playing with them hope they don't die. But like, the whole point is that they alpha strike, you yeah. know, and and blow up as much stuff as possible before ultimately, you know, getting hit back. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, as scary as they are, even a unit of like four um, is not going to last that long unless your opponent. Well, unless you're rolling like i don't know pretty poorly i think um depending on your tournament list but like yeah dragons dragons just they last long enough to get the job done currently 
um, and then die. Uh, and then you're left with like what, whatever's left on the board, probably. Right. And then you're giving up and being a jerk or but, something. And, mm-hmm. Right. And now you're giving up uh, one to two, two victory points per unit of dragon. So the, yeah, it was the, unclear to me if the single dragon also cost a victory point. It should. Right. Cause you, you can bring it as the one. It definitely does. Yeah. It's a unit, yeah. It's a unit of, of storm Drake. So, so yeah, almost, I can't imagine anyone going to try to bring a single storm Drake guard now. Oh, oh yeah. I'm all in on it now. No, I'm actually going to buy the models. Matt's just going to buy single storm Drake guard units and that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Punish me. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious that this was designed to stop people who were spamming, and I use spamming lightly uh, or broadly, maybe. Um, you know, certain units like the Spirit of the Wind Fox and Severith, mm-hmm. um, Bloodstalkers. You know, lots of Bastilladons or lots of Salamander hunting packs. Um, we can I mean, see a nice list of people going after that Bellicor list we just talked about. Uh, Bellicor, Kairos, and Slaves of Darkness Demon Prince. Yeah, it's it's definitely a nice snipe against some of those guys. Though I, I think it punishes them somewhat unevenly because you guys are kind of saying with the dragons, some of these things are a lot more killable or based upon their role are much more likely to die at some point mm-hmm. in the battle than others. Like, uh, now if you're dealing with the wind spirits and you just don't have the tools to engage with them, you're never going to kill them. Your likelihood of killing them is about the same as it was before. If you don't have shooting or magic sufficient to do it. And so you're not going to get those points, but again, with the dragons, you know, nine wounds, you know, susceptible to mortals, die quick because they're up front you know you're going to recoup those uh one to two points from the you know singular or reinforced unit and then heck if you're if you're one of these underdogs you can kill something like that just as well you get the bonus point for doing that as the mm-hmm. uh you know as the you know he and i the sylvan after whatever and then you maybe get the monster point too i'm uh, hypothetically if someone charges four dragons at you and they waste their alpha strike and they don't just utterly get everything done and you're playing an underdog army yeah if you can kill those dragons you've just scored the two points for the prime target, the two bonus points for doing it with the underdog. And if it took you two turns, two more points for killing monsters, you've gotten six points. It's more than two full turns of max objectives in most games. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, which is actually going to lead into my, my act. My, my next question is like with variable points on some missions, like we oh, have yeah. some missions that, um, uh, what's the one where, um, each yeah, objective that. is worth the turn, um, and then there's hold that, it until the end, sure. and that's eight. Like some of these, that that's not going to show up that much, and probably sure. not going to affect the the, the instant death mission. Victory points don't matter at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Well, thank goodness uh, that has not been part of many tournaments lately. So no, <laughs> that's true. Maybe it'll be at Mox in two weekends. I don't know. You would. <laughs> I don't think I did, but <laughs> I did pick them. The uh, uh, Cooper, who's the guy at Mox, uh, he copy and pasted the. He, he put up the event calendar. and He didn't include the mission selection, which is fine. Uh, but now people are bugging me about what the missions are, and I'm like, look, I'm not going to tell you because then everybody everybody needs to know, or nobody needs to know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the missions. I swear, are. I swear, I picked them. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want tournaments where I, I specifically actually really like that idea of not knowing what the missions are 
with the tournament. Like that, that to me is so much. More I agree. Fun. No. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, that is like, that's, that should be the intention. Um, I know we don't, we don't tend to do it that way, but like, you know, if you know that that hero scoring mission is going to be there, you're going to have to make your list a certain way, right. To make sure that you can handle that hero scoring mission. And if you don't know what missions are going to be there, you have to take a hero scoring list. Because you can't afford not like to run up against that and not have the tools. Yeah, I like that as well. You know, it, it forces you to be adaptive or to build a somewhat of an all-comers list. You mm-hmm. know, which is more in the spirit of the game, in my opinion. But uh, I but agree. Yeah, I actually like the instant win mission. I know I'm an unpopular opinion of this, but for me, <laughs> when you're playing in the tournament, someone really lets that up, leaves that open. You kind of get both the win because you win. If you win, I guess maybe that's the assumption there. You're not the one leaving it open, but you also have an earlier game, which is often enough time to have a good lunch, maybe to buy that person a beer and like, you know, actually have a breather. It's like, okay, this one isn't going to round five, you know, dice down. Oh man. You just got to play giants more, Jack. It's yeah, fantastic. Just, I guess Kragnos is good. Good shoehorn in there. So. Well, exactly. That's part of the methodology. Early games, <laughs> plenty of breathing space. <laughs> Push yeah. it forward, see what happens. <laughs> Look, there's uh, there's something to be said for you know having a mental break, you know, during between between games and like being able to come back fresh to the to the board to the you know to the next battle. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, something I forget a lot, just because all my games seem to go all the way to the end as much as they can. If I have an early game, it's a weird one. Very weird one. Mm-hmm. Pretty used to that too. The Heat Knights don't exactly have a early time, you know, with all the summons and moving in finesse either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm now I'm uh, actually having to wait for turn three to to do all the crazy stuff. So sure, you're in the same boat as uh, the Deepkin. Yeah, waiting for turn three. Yeah. Well, do we always strikes first? <laughs> <laughs> Is there is there anything else about those rules? Like, it well, just feels like the extra points for certain armies. Like, I'm not gonna. I know I'm not gonna see more gloom spike gets because of it. Like, I really want to. I want to bring. A, I have a full army of squigs that I would gladly play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it well, seems like just too little and yeah. too variable because it's based on your matchup to help the army. Well, right. Yeah, I don't think the prime hunters thing is really the the band-aid they were hoping it would be right i feel like uh if the prime target is the real is the real balance right yeah yeah well i don't know let me advance a couple opinions on this because i i'm really excited by this particular you know thing they're trying out mm-hmm. yeah. i think that if you are playing a, a prime hunter you know list this has a, a way more massive impact than for anybody else because even one or two units that you might be able to get in the course of a game, give you additional ways to scoop up suddenly significant victory points. Uh, I mean, I guess let's not assume you're playing against a list of all long strikes and fulminators and, and dragons where everything would counter it. Maybe there's one or two things like there's a Kairos or there's like a Bellacor, there's something mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a heat knights or gloom spites, sometimes it's those couple points that make all the difference. And you just got them just by doing something you already want to do. As long as you have enough oom for flexibility list to accomplish those sort of subjectives, it's essentially like a secret additional battle tactic only you can get. Um, I was thinking about it uh, just 
to figure out if this would have made differences in some of my games. And I remembered when I was playing uh, recently in LVO, a guy who was playing a uh, Playing Sinch and had a bunch of Lords of Change. I'm pretty sure it could have made the difference when that when that loss right there alone. <laughs> you know, the fact that it was scoot points would do nothing it's beyond three three additional points or two additional points or yeah, I think two additional points would have been there for killing Kairos. You know, and uh, there was a you know the pinks there I was dealing with as well, so that was that was in play. You know, there's some sure. things to be said for that. <laughs> well, and on the flip side of that, in, in addition to like you just getting the bonus. I would imagine players who were actually going to take them and then, and, and I guess, depending on like the level of where they're wanting to play or the current level of like the, what are considered the top tier lists, right. Which are Mm -hmm. obviously all in there, how much cagier they're going to play with their units. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's like that inadvertent kind of, um, sure. Well, I, I think obviously the, or the uh, really obvious uh, balance that this will bring is that, you know, people who are spamming these units or, and I'm not, I, I don't know, I use spam. It's, it's hard to spam a unit in Age of Sigmar. Uh, you know, this isn't like certain Dragon. other Games Workshop games. Talking to the guy <laughs> who's playing all Dragon Ogres. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know that. what you're Matt's, talking about there. That's spamming Dragon Ogres. Uh, no one cares that you spam Dragon Ogres, Matt. I do. <laughs> and that's enough for me. There we go. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, like, um, uh, you know, playing 40K, you know, uh, occasionally, at least, you know, I do it on the stream and stuff. Uh, that game, you just have more units. There are more, there's more units that you're dealing with. Um, because partly the game is very MSU and partly, you know, this, the way they balance the game, troops are not worth very much. And so you end up bringing lots of, lots of little units. Um, and so, uh, everything in that game feels very spammy to me. Yeah. Right. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, coming from age of Sigmar, um, you know, like I think, you know, technically could you do the, uh, what is it? Six. Stegadon list? Yes, I think technically you could. Um, but more reasonably, you're probably going to see, you know, three Stegadons, and that doesn't seem like entirely, you know, one of them's going to be the hero Stegadon and then a couple battle line Stegadons. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem that spammy. So you do have, you, know? you do have, what, Sons of Behemoth. Um, sure. I wonder yep. if we're going to see any turtle armies, which I'd, I'd love to see a turtle army. Just like <laughs> that, like, ha, 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 I'm dead. Just, you know, that experience that I would get <laughs> at least once. Um, right. No, it, But I, I think what this is going to do is it's going to discourage people who are playing maybe Stormcast or, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Daughters of Cain for the next month. Um, yep. <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, uh, you know, from taking multiple copies of some of these units. Yeah, a little bit less variation or making you know, them kind of kind of think about something more than like what's on a screen, right? Right. Well, <laughs> exactly. and if, if you're if you really want to take four Storm Drake Guard, you're gonna take it as one unit that's been, you know, doubled or whatever, reinforced. Yeah. And and that I think is is kind of the the exciting thing about it, right? It's going to encourage that list diversity at the top. I mean, I, I almost ran into, I think the, what the new dragon list, right. You know, prior to this, 
battle scroll update, it's like long strikes plus a bunch of dragons. Like everything mm-hmm. in that entire list yeah. gives up points, exception to the heroes. <laughs> this part. Well, and it's interesting because like even in our community, after everybody had the initial freak out of, oh my God, this metal list that I just bought is now worthless. I was already seeing the, um, you know, the, the idea of, well, what other units can I take? And that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like if they can't like fix the war scrolls, I've had like endless conversations with um, quite a few other Stormcast players that are like, uh, we can't make long strikes go up in points. And I'm like, you absolutely could. Yeah. It would suck, but you absolutely could. Right. But like this is this is a small fix that you know encourages. Hey, maybe you don't want to play all those long strikes, right? Which means that people are looking at other things. I we just saw a shit ton of judicators show up, right? That sure. Like that's that's interesting to me. List diversity is is I think probably more fun in a tournament than showing up and playing the same list with minor variations like three times in a five game tournament right exactly and and this has got to stop i think a lot of gts in the next couple months from having a final boss problem where you know you do too well in your first two or three games you inevitably face three cookie cutters because they're just too good yeah and everyone is piloted them (laughs) yeah look at poor other gw game that shall not be named you know uh a certain army of golden boys uh turned up for them and then took eight out of the top 10 spots you know <laughs> at the very oh. next uh, big gt well it's hilarious because the 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 little fishmen that like their their book dropped under the radar and apparently everybody went through their phase of oh my god they're terrifying again and now now they're completely off completely gone from what I can tell, I don't follow 40k that much. It no, has a enough. name. <laughs> That's true. That's I don't know. Surprising. I think I think Tower is still really scary, but I am not an expert on 40k, which is why we don't have a podcast about 40k. Yes. Also, could you imagine how boring it would be to have a podcast about 40k? Yeah, God, I can't imagine what idiot would want to have one of those. But just to just <laughs> not touch that one with a ten foot stick. <laughs> that that would be. That would be a spitting in the wind, right? Or, or spitting in a <laughs> spitting in a rainstorm. I, I think it'll be a lot of help for for some armies. I'm glad Beast of Chaos wasn't on there because getting the points drops and the rules was yeah. too much. It's too much. Our points have to enough. go back up. We have to go back up to what I was playing beforehand. I had a whiff. Of what you experienced, Matt, you know, I know you and I have a similar feeling. We like playing armies which are sort of underdogish or very much underdogs. And the second I saw the Heat Knights on that list, to get this massive like free points buff, I'm like, oh my god, how do I feel about this? It was kind of nice to be doing something different for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Heat Knights still need a lot of work, though. I would say, right? So I mean, oh yeah, I got yeah. absolutely rocked by some Heat Knights. Um, at that last GT. Oh, uh, with so, Tyler? Yeah. Tyler is a madman. He is a madman. And it was uh, pretty glorious. And, you know, I think I don't want to take anything away from him because he beat me fair and square. And he, he, and he did it being the nicest person. Right. Yep. Um, I think had it not been the last round, 
you know, I'm already brain fried. And had I been more, you know, had I been, you know, like a little bit, I don't think I could have beat him, but I definitely could have given him a better fight than I did. So what you're, <laughs> what you're saying is you could have lost with a little bit more cognizance. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, because I looked at this, I was like, okay, there's glutose. Okay, got to kill that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, Shalaxi. That's just a big keeper of secrets. There's nothing special about that guy whatsoever that I need to worry about in any way, shape, or form. Um, cool. There's the mask. Those uh, those archers. They probably don't do that good. They're probably everything's probably fine. You know. <laughs> Surprised you felt that way. I've shown you this directly, Miles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, uh, Jack, our game, I learned all the wrong lessons. I learned you just have to charge uh, Glutose with a stone horn, and everything works out fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the uh, it takes a it takes a good player to to not only stick with mm-hmm. Heed Knights, but like to play them well. And, Absolutely. Uh, one of the one of these days, we got to get a game, Jack. But I mean, oh, absolutely! You you've already taken the bacon, so I believe you you are just as good, if not better. But don't tell Tyler I said that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, really, you you and I both have taken our respective bacons. So I think we each have the, uh, the coveted Infinity Stones for 2021. You know, for the Heat Knights and for the Beasts, right? Nice. Yeah, we do. The ITC. Yeah. I I still can't believe that that actually happened. Like, I'll have I, to go I, track down a a bad enough faction that I can just like squeak out a ITC victory. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. You got to lower the bar. You have to lower the bar, and then you could just walk over it. There Duh. you go. <laughs> Hey, Miles' gloom spider army is coming out hot. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. All trolls. It's all spiders. No, man. It's all all just the spiders. They're uh, bad. They're like extra bad. See, the funny <laughs> thing is that's my next one. Yeah. No, I mean they're awesome. I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding. I, I've been looking at those for so long. Just tell us teleporting giant spiders. How awesome Skitter would that be? Strands. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be fun. I will say all... just to wrap up our thoughts on the uh on the on the battle scroll here, I find it especially damning that Auric War Clans, a book that hasn't been out, or like a book that is like one of the newest books, mm-hmm. uh, has a third of its unit models in the priority hunters category. Yeah, that's <laughs> which is is so weird because like they they failed that book hard. They failed that book so hard. Like they got they got what two elite sub allegiances like overpowered to the point that now some of them are hunted right mm-hmm. yeah uh, the crusher is yeah which is basically showing up if not once twice in every iron jaws big wall list sure um but then like what'd you do to the savage orcs man why orcs, orcs who by their very own or are supposed at killing big ass monsters yeah. Right. They, that's like their, their whole. The right. I mean, they do but have they, a novel way of doing it with a big spear. They run two people at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it, that spear. Sadly, it was kind of not surprising to see the uh, the um, the cruel boys in there because like it's it's slow. It's a slow army. Yeah. Like. Which is hilarious for how much damage that army can throw. It is so terrifying to get hit by one of those, whether shooting or in combat, if they got a sludge raker. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I believe it. I haven't even encountered them directly myself, but I kind of look forward to it. I think it'll be a fun, a fun matchup. Yeah, make make sure uh, make sure you stay away from the sludge raker. That's all I have yeah. to say. Well, will do, and uh, <laughs> keep that one in uh, in the back of my brain for sure. I guess one one last thought for me on the the battle scroll update. The one faction that I felt pretty bad for in this one, and then Miles, I'm sure you have some opinions about this being a preeminent style, uh, you know. <sighs> Mega Gargan player yourself, but I thought mm-hmm. the Mega Gargans really got a bad shake because two out of the three Gargans are the only thing to just give up two points. Sure. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, in most games, eventually most of them die, even if you win, like they can only last so long. And now against a regular opponent, that's going to be two, three points of pop, right? Because of the monster bonus sure. against someone playing one of these, like, uh, you know, I guess like prime hunter factions, that's four. Yeah. That's a, it's a crazy amount to be given away. And I wonder how that's going it to is. affect the people who want to play them competitively. <laughs> no, sure. I'm, I'm not feeling this thing too hard just in my list because, uh, one, I'm taking a war stomper. So he gets off, he gets off easy out of the three. Right. <laughs> um, and I generally yeah. find that my Kraken eater is the thing that does not die. Right. Of the things in my list that are there at the end consistently, the Kraken Eater is the thing. Uh, do you think that's because of your play style or just a little bit? I mean, he gets the minus one to hit or aura, aura mm-hmm. right? And that's pretty good. And then I tend to hold him back because he has to kick objectives around turn one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's usually the second into the fray. So he's not absorbing the brunt of the damage like the War Stomper is. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Right, because the War Stomper, he wants to fight your biggest unit, right? He wants to have a bunch of models around him so he gets all those extra... Right, so he really kind of has to go forth and conquer. Um, mm-hmm. I I did feel like it was, you know, pretty consistent able to get the extra uh, points on every single secondary all of the time. Yeah, you know what I'm of saying? course, because you're a monster and it's it's your day. It's like the best year ever because you're in Gur and you're playing football, the objectives and everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know what? Uh, you know, and then we were supposed to um, sort of counteract that by the fact that, you know, we're all thing, we're all behemoths that can points. But I do mm-hmm. frequently find that, you know, a lot of times people don't get those points every turn. You know, uh, they'll things in one turn and then not kill a thing in another turn or like you know whittle two things down but not actually kill them and so you know this gets uh you know starts to even that out a little bit more and i think the list that we're that that this is specifically stopping is the double gate breaker double kraken eater yeah that's really (laughs) punishing that one (laughs) which Which is great because i don't want to fight that one and yeah yeah (laughs) I mean, it also, it encourages uh, the little gargants, right? Because they're not on that. So they aren't, I mean, they're all, they're all worth a a point anyway, right? (laughs) Right. For just for being behemoths and being easy to kill, but I like them. I think they're fun. I mean, they always seem to do way more damage in our games than the big guys do. Oh yeah. Um, Which, I mean, that's good. Again, it's like, offering more diversity in lists that people are going to be going up against. If somebody really wants to take a gate breaker, they have a really good reason for taking it. Right. Right. 
And so they're going to pay a penalty that's honestly deserved because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Mega Gargants were the probably most broken feeling army coming into 3.0. Sure. Uh, especially with Gur. Um, well, and they're and a so, tough, they're a tough army to balance with points, yeah. right? Because, uh, there's, you know, there's only four units, you know, they're all big, they're all chunky, right. In terms of points. And if you, if you really mess with the points on some of these models, you're, gonna end up, you know, that are 160 points under, you know, real fast. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what am I going to put in there? You, yeah. You're going to have one endless spell or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, um, nothing. You're not anything in there. Yeah. Um, so it's a really hard army to balance from that from that standpoint. So this seems like an interesting way to, to go about it, and you know, um, we'll see how it works. Well, and and see how it's invalidated immediately when Nine Hunt come out, right? Um, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I think. I think for me, I'm going to be interested in seeing if it even has an effect. Um, on a lot of the playstyles, uh, it seems to me, at least in a lot of my games recently, um, against a lot of those like top tier lists, it's like get it done by turn one, turn two, so there's nothing left to hit you back, and then mm-hmm. it's gone. So, with that being the mentality of a lot of those lists out there, it's like, well, will that actually will will the points actually have an effect? Sure. Um, yeah, I feel like the, right. The theory is, yeah, sometimes they can effectively hit something so hard, turn one, it never comes back, but you know, a lot of times, or maybe at least just some of the time, um, they have a close match, right. And this will definitely tip them off of that winning that close match. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that will be enough to not take this. Right. And that, you know, that, that, that will be enough of a loss. Uh, percentage to not take this army and take something else that's similar but more you know uh you know a little bit different a little more interesting for, you know for for run up against it so it's not something you've read about and seen three times no, of course and i think yeah. that's exactly it because yeah. you know if you're bringing that list to you know the tournament presumably because you read about it or, or somehow come to it in your own this is the best possible thing mm-hmm. you're probably bringing it because you want to win that tournament or you want to have a really good shot at it right so the kind of variation where your close game becomes a loss uh will become an unacceptable risk yeah especially right. if you're trying to play play to the caliber that the list is designed to play to mm-hmm. right you know and, and all these lists uh you know if they're a meta list it means that they are they have to win against everything, right? That's the goal, yeah. right? Or, or have at least a uphill chance of winning against everything, you mm-hmm. know? And so, uh, you know, uh, people aren't going to tolerate that. You know, at the highest tables, people aren't going to tolerate that. You know, I'm sure we'll still see people taking 12... Of what? Taking 12 Vanguard Raptors and just not caring. You know, mm-hmm. like, look, I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some. Uh, I had some great uh, advice from a friend of Jack and mine from years ago, this guy, Bobby. Uh, he was a big 40K player, and his his uh, goal for getting into, or his advice for everyone to get into to competitive 40K was don't try and make an all-comers list. You know, don't try to make a list that has a 50-50 win chance against everything, because you're not that good. 
right? You're going to lose, you're going to lose, you know, 60 to 70% of the time and you're going to get really frustrated. Make a list that wins 90% of the time against 60% of the field, you know? Well, it's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's good advice. And then so make and a then list you enjoy accept playing. your losses. Yeah. Accept your losses on the, on those other, you know, 40%. Yeah. Right. But the people who are go, trying to go five and zero oh, don't have that luxury and they do have to make those 50, 50 lists. Well, the, the, so we know, we know who the punishments are for, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we know the units that, um, you know, the sky is falling and they got done dirty and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Who do we think won the most out of this? Who, who, who do you guys think? I think it's Sylvaneth. Oh, I think yeah. it's bone. Bone Reapers. Yeah. Bone really? Yeah. Why do you think bone Reapers? Cause I don't, I don't, I still don't see, I don't see anything without a Nagash in it. Um, lately with Bone Reapers around here and more so the Bone Reapers players are all super discouraged about it. Yeah. Obviously the, the white dwarf did them no good. Um, which was very saddening. Well, it didn't do them no good, but the update was about it's like eyes glazing over, uh, sadness, you know, Mm. uh, gif, Cat crying in the corner. I gotcha. Um, Not well, quite the earth-shatteringly positive stuff that the beast got. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, Which I guess we, my thinking we is... We are the new bar for white dwarf updates. <laughs> for, for what a good white dwarf looks like. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess my thought on that was, like, um, you know, a lot of these priority targets only really matter if you can kill stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know... Bone Reapers, for all the problems that they have, they, killing stuff has never been a problem that they've ever faced, right? If they want something dead, it's going to be dead. And the problem is, is they either don't can't get there or they don't have the staying power to, you know, to last the whole game. Um, but like, you want to pump rend on something, they can do it. They don't give a shit about your one up save, right? <laughs> yeah. That right. Is and so I see them as a force who can, you know, see these prime targets on the field and be like, okay, I'm going to kill that thing. I'm going to get those two points. So, yeah. so you think they win it just because of the, the, the points that they're getting from it? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that there are a number of books who got the, uh, the prime hunters categorization to win big in that way. I definitely think the OSX among them. I think that the night hunt will also benefit dramatically for the small period of time to get the new book because they can do it with certain units. And those mm-hmm. units can pop up out of nowhere and make a nine inch charge. They're going to tip some tables with this stuff against yeah. everybody because they're the ultimate, you know, reprisal army. Um, last but not least, you know, I have to mention, I think that um, on the chaos side, both Knights and Skaven are put in way better positions by this. Yeah. Skaven have all this wonky damage. It's not very reliable, but it can come off. I mean, you've ever seen a warp lightning cannon incinerate something. Sure. You no, know, those points will start adding up. And uh for Knights, I know that, you know, in many of my own matchups, you know, even without this, it, you can still win the games. They have a lot of potential. It's a, a different play style, but between summoning and tricksy movement, you know, and and utilizing your stuff in a innovative ways, you can get it done. And now you get rewarded for it. Um, 
I guess an uh, example with that one just being, Miles, think back to that game you said um, you were playing against Tyler, you know, and you lost, but mm-hmm. what would the points differential have been? Just killing would he killed with Heat Knight's bonus. Did he kill? Oh, sure. No, I mean, he, he tabled me, but like he would have tabled me. I mean, he wouldn't have tabled me any faster, but he would have definitely would have gotten with the points. Yeah, <laughs> right. He would have gotten at least, uh, what is it? Uh, five additional points. And that's going into his overall score. Right. So right now it's he's gonna have a massive lead if he's done other things too in terms of yeah. the raw output. You get some unreal totals, like forty maybe. Well and yeah. the 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 other thing, and I think we were talking about this in the Discord. Um, the other thing that Slanesh gets is like you're not rewarded as a Slanesh player really for killing off a unit. Like you're rewarded for keeping them alive as long as possible and worthless as long as possible just Mm -hmm. so you can get summoning off of them right Mm -hmm. so now you're actually rewarded for killing something which sounds so counterintuitive to say right only in slanesh does it make any sense to me like (laughs) now i now i can say like yeah okay i can i can make that charge because I know I'm going to take it out and I actually want to do it so I can get the points lead now. Right. And I'll take the re like, I'll take the hits uh, on the following turn and build up the summoning off of my losses, as opposed to like plinking down one or two units that I know I could kill, mm-hmm. but I don't want to throw everything into. Right. And they, yeah, they got a huge bonus out of it just uh, from being able to commit. I think as far as my play style goes with them. Sure. How how many Slaves of Darkness Demon Princes with Mark of Corn do you think we're gonna see less of? <laughs> God. I hope a lot less. Because of, of all the things like at least uh all right, you know, Stormcast aside, um, of all the things on the list, they are one of the easiest to take like three of. Yeah. They're you one know? of the easiest to take three of. They can ruin everybody's day anybody's day like even at any point in time like there's still melee in the game like your dwarves are going to have to get on something right you're going to have their movement to get there to get on an objective if they have to run right but i don't know i'm fine with that that i'll have to look up the interaction there because uh my dwarves auto run six and I wonder, like, I don't have to roll for it. So does it have to roll? Because if it has oh. to roll, I don't have to care. I think but it I does. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it does. I think we'll it just has the, the characteristic or whatever. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think Sylvaneth won because not only do they have some of the best defenses for a lot of those units that are now prime targets, mm-hmm. like long strikes, don't matter to Sylvaneth. If you've got your trees up, they can't shoot you. Sure. Right. So not only are you protected against a lot of these units, but you're now getting more points just for being on the field and fighting them. Right. Okay. With the most protection. Um, and also being like, you know, 3d6 dispels and stuff like that, that they have to take on some of the other, the other, uh, problems in yeah. the prime targets. I think they got like another one of those like subtle little buffs, just like 3.0 gave them in the beginning with the Tree mm-hmm. Lord Ancient, just like suddenly making all of Sylvaneth annoying as hell to deal with. Um, they weren't that before. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> that, oh, that sadness. 
every time I pull that army out, just sadness. But um, yeah, I think they, I think they won, they won that update for me just because of their toolkit that they have and the targets on that list. Mm-hmm. I would love to say Gloom Spite won it, but I don't, I don't see Gloom Spite winning anything. No, I think this is a <laughs> uh, this is a band aid that's not quite enough for for Gloom Spite, but hopefully they will get their due white dwarf or something soon enough. Oh, please, and, uh, you know. Uh, how much do you think um, the things on the Prime Hunters list are due for a new book? I mean, not not war, uh, Bone Splitters, but you know, how much you know? How many of them have gotten? Because I don't think any of them have gotten a white dwarf other than Bone Reapers, and none of them have gotten a white dwarf or a, a book other than Bone Splitters. So those two being the outlier. Well, if Sylvaneth gets a new book, they need some new troops choices. It's just just those three that they have are pretty pretty. I'm sitting over here with one synonymous. choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it'd be cool if you could get like one of the kind of Kurnoth as a troops choice, uh, yep, depending yep. on your sub faction or something like that. Or you could get yeah. some or tree lords. Just make tree lords uh, battle line, conditional battle line. Yeah. Uh, what is it? They even have the all tree lord army, which you can't build. But nice. Oakenbrow is like all tree lord focus. Okay, you can nice. only take however many behemoths, <laughs> right? I mean, they they're doing it with fire slayers. They've done it with mm-hmm. pretty much every. Yeah, I'd see that. Every... Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels like you know when they redo an army, if they've got a big monster, they make you they make sure that there's a way to take five of them. But they, they did they... do that for the um, Idnes too. There's a big sea monster faction that can do that with the Lebedons. Nice. Yeah, which is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Just one of those is terrifying. Yeah, th- those things are, are something else. I think I have a mental block against being able to kill one. I just assume it can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> we we've all got one of those. I'm I'm sure. Um I'm I'm excited for the all magma droth list. There Six magma droth. That's it. I'm done. Good. Fifty seven go. magma droth. No. <laughs> oh goodness. If you could actually put that in. Uh, that'd be gross. Uh, <laughs> but uh no, that sounds excited, and uh, I think we should do. I know Jack recently got all those books, but uh, we should do next time a little breakdown uh, after we've had a chance to digest all of the uh, all of the new Ideneth and the new Fire Slayers. Yep, I'm I'm going to be rooting mm-hmm. rooting for the uh, for the Fire Slayers, picking up right. picking up a bunch. So hopefully, I'll have them. Nice, because uh, you know, I mean, we can. Belt. We could run through the books now, but none of us has played a game against them, you know, or with them. Oh. So I think that's that's when you start to really understand the truth when, when you see it all come together. I'm sure by the next time that we are all in a digital room together talking, uh, <laughs> we will have much to commiserate about Idena. They seem to be the uh, the talk of the town uh, from from all the people that. Mm-hmm. We're bringing the stuff that ended up on prime hunters or prime targets, mm-hmm. uh, which, which immediately made me, uh, figure oh, I'm going to sell my, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the instinct is strong. You know, yeah, I, th- I think all the giants were on eBay recently. The dragon's going up there next, and uh, now they purchased a bunch of Leviathans and, and cool things from the new book. <laughs> that seems right. to be the way. Yeah. Yeah, Man, so. cheap, cheap dragons on eBay. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a sneak preview for the next episode. We'll run through the two books, talk about the pros, cons, leaven in some of the experience that hopefully we'll gather from actually facing these things in the field of battle or in Matt's case, maybe using some of them. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we'll have some battle reports to see uh, how the great quest of Gragnos to be the best ogre centaur thing ever has done nice. in tournament settings. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in him. I believe in him. I believe in Gregnos. Well, we'll have that on our shirts. It'll be always strikes last. I believe in Gregnos. I think it has to be there. Uh, <laughs> for lore reasons, I decided that the reason he is the way he is is he's just an ogre glutton who wandered into a drogrook tomb and ate whatever he found there, had a stomach ache, and turned into a centaur god, which is how he became the god of meat shakes because he had hella meat shakes to get into that. There form. we go. Hella meat shakes. <laughs> 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 oh, that's glorious i think on that note we should uh call it an episode and thanks uh to everybody for listening yeah yeah thanks for sticking with us uh we have been always strikes last you have been uh someone who listens to podcasts we are now <laughs> striking last again indeed last word is coveted here amongst the co-hosts for obvious reasons <laughs> thanks all for joining us <laughs>